You're listening to the Sci Fidelity Podcast, episode 87, Doctor Who, season 8 in review. Just like this new season of Doctor Who, this podcast can be a bit adult, but we take things a little bit further than they do. Be warned. Before we get started talking about what we're going to be talking about, I saw Snowpiercer. Have you seen that yet, Brian? No, but I want to. Okay, well, you're useless to me. Brian, uh, Patrick, I saw Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> it's about fucking time. I've been hyping Snowpiercer for fucking, fucking months, man. Everybody I know is just sick of this fucking Snowpiercer talk. Well, so. it's just, once it, I mean, once it was on Netflix, I mean, to be fair, it was on Netflix for a good month, I think, before I finally got around to watching it, but... Yeah, I was basically Piece just waiting for it to be really fucking convenient for me to watch. <laughs> um, and then it was, so I watched it. <laughs> you know the reason that I was hyping Snowpiercer, right? It's because it was actual, like, science fiction. Like, good, just yeah. straight science, nothing, no giant robots, no whatever. Just good science fiction. Are you talking about and hard science fiction? they make that fiction? shit, it helps if people go and see it. Or if... They don't even need to see it. As long as people spend money saying, I'm giving my money to this, this sci-fi thing. Yeah. So that's why we went. So you waiting till it gets on Netflix, it's like you're a traitor to the cause, really. Well, I, I, I will say a... that's like 50% of the reason I was insistent on seeing Interstellar in the theater. Vote with the well, pocketbook. Thank you, Brian. To be fair, that's, I saw Interstellar in the theaters too, people. Um... Yes, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. did I. And then we all wanted to why? Because I'm voting with my pocketbook. I could have waited. I could have waited eight months to see Interstellar. No, you have to understand when I when I was not watching Snowpiercer at the theaters, it was during a period of time where I was basically not seeing anything in the movie theaters. So I didn't specifically not watch Snowpiercer. <laughs> I was not watching anything. <laughs> but that's that's not the point, man. The point is you, you gotta like even if you don't want to give. It's like uh, it's like. Uh, um, Christmas gifts to that to that cousin that you don't really like, but he lives down the street from you, so you have to buy him something. Otherwise, you know, I don't know that I'd be buying that cousin Christmas presents. I don't know that I believe in that philosophy. Ah, uh, all right. Uh, I guess I'm just a bad cousin because fuck that guy or you girl. Are. I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait. You're a girl? Is that what I heard? Did I? Did I hear? Yeah, that? that's what you heard. That's exactly what I said. You know what else you can do? You can be welcomed to the Five Fidelity Podcast. <laughs> this is Michael. This is Patrick. This is Brian. So uh, I think in this episode, we're going to be musing about our new doctor and the season that just concluded. Um, oh, before before here. we get to that, uh, Steve is not here with us. He's still around, but he's just 
he had a, a something more important he had to do. So you know, yeah, it kind of sounded like there that he had died. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Steve why I is to, no longer with us. I wanted to clarify that he was in fact not dead, just ditching us. So. <laughs> Yeah, he just thinks there's something more important. And you know what? Maybe there is. I just, uh, he, he, you see, Steve said he wanted to eat breakfast. I said, I'm willing to go hungry because I love you guys. I'm just going to go ahead and say that um, I don't think it would have mattered. He would have been pretty silent in this episode, given that he doesn't watch Doctor Who. <laughs> it's it's the principle of the fucking thing. We make Brian sit there and not say nothing That's true. when we talk about comic books well, for like the last When we talk months. about comic books or video games, we <laughs> yes. do make Brian just sit there. But mainly that's payback for the Doctor Who episodes. This, this is fair. This is fair. The, where we just sit here and just not. Yeah, exactly. So, I, so Michael, are you going to start the Doctor Who talk so that Brian continues not to talk? Because I actually like that. I think that's a good aesthetic. Um, well, it doesn't matter because Brian is going to overpower this episode. I guess really the goal now is to talk as long as we can before Brian overpowers the episode. So let's let's get an overall feel for the season before we start getting into any specifics. Okay. How do we all feel about the new Doctor? New Doctor I personally, thumbs up for me. Yeah, I personally am a big fan of the new Doctor. I don't. I wasn't hating Matt Smith, but I actually like Matt Smith. I just thought he was getting some terrible episodes. But I don't know. I I think this is actually this may end up being my favorite Doctor. Peter Capaldi is pretty much nailing it, and I, I, that's my opinion. I. Uh... It took a really long time for me to warm up to Matt Smith. It took no time at all for me to warm up to uh, Peter Capaldi. See, now so. I'd have to. I was yeah. I, I was very much the reverse. For me, I I liked Matt Smith within five minutes, and I loved Matt Smith's first season, especially his his the way he played the Doctor in that first season. Whereas Capaldi, I didn't hate him, but I was very much of a. Well, he's not terrible. I I don't really feel like I quite have a handle on him, but I, I'm definitely willing to give him a chance. He hasn't done anything that annoys me. Um, and it wasn't really till about halfway or near the end of that Dalek story, that in, into the Dalek, um, that I began to say, okay, I'm really starting to like this guy now. I would actually, because the Dalek episode, I think, was the second episode, right? Yes. I would have to probably agree with that, but that was, I think there was a level of adjustment. I can honestly say as much as I loved Peter Capaldi as the doctor, I wasn't in love with that first episode. (laughs) Like it was a bit of a crawl. Well, okay. So the the first episode with the dinosaur in London. Yes. 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 I thought, I don't know. I understood why it was there. It's trying to ease all the Matt Smith fanatics into this new doctor. And so I get why they did it. But yeah, I was really kind of wanting to just hit the ground running and not spend any time Molly, Molly coddling the audience. <laughs> well, to be fair, like when I say that I warmed to him immediately, I, I never include the first episode uh, after the regeneration where their brains are all scrambled and they're acting like uh, uh, schizophrenic assholes like i don't even i just i, I just power through that because i know that whatever the character is going to be is not going to show up in that episode it's going to really going to develop afterward right so it was into the dalek where i was like oh this is who he is 
this is who I like. This is cool. Yeah. I, I, I will say, as much as I was having trouble with it, um, I will say I do still think Deep Breath was a good episode. While you didn't fully get an idea for the doctor, the new doctor in that episode, I still, I think even then I was already starting to see that I was going to like the new the new way the doctor was. I preferred, I actually see, it turns out, I prefer an older doctor. <laughs> uh, for oh, really? the last three doctors that we've had, like we've fun. had these younger, these very like youthful doctors. And then when we get the older one, it turns out, I prefer this guy. Now, I don't know if it's, I prefer an older doctor or if I just prefer Peter Capaldi, but... Well, I think you don't like being attracted to the doctor, and so yeah, that must be your ageist. It, it must be that I'm able to watch it and not want to fuck him. That must yeah, be yeah, pretty sure that's pretty much where we're at. Which I, is fair. I, I will say the character was always built to be sort of a wise old man type mentor, Obi more Obi more old Obi Wan Kenobi than Luke Skywalker type character. So I think it fits fairly naturally when you stick an older actor in there. And plus, older actors know what the hell they're doing in a lot of cases because they've had lots of practice. Yeah. And they're traditionally unfuckable. So, you know, win-win. I do like, and this was pretty much established right off the bat in Deep Breath, um, that uh, the Doctor and Clara were not going to have a flirtatious relationship at all. It yeah. was actually kind of nice that that was completely absent from the you, you know entire to, season. You, you you know whose fault that is? Peter Clara. Capaldi. Yes, he mm. actually said, "I'm only going to take this role if we get rid of all the get rid of all this Doctor Companion romance nonsense. I want it all gone. If you want me to be the Doctor, that's that's one of my requirements." I actually appreciated it. I will actually one of the since we're still sort of kind of talking about overall, one of the great overall things that I liked about this season was I do feel like this season was more a story about the companion and not another season talking about how awesome the doctor was. And I actually always knew that I would prefer a season that was more focused on the companion. And I got one this season and turns out I was right. Yeah. I preferred this season because it was more focused on the companion. Because for once, the companion just wasn't seen. She she wasn't just something, a piece of cl- uh, furniture in the background. Like yeah. there was something to her. Because <clears throat> let's be real, Amelia Pond, I don't think ever really evolved past character who just happens to be standing in the room. <laughs> yeah, no, she had one mode, Spunky, and she never really got past that. Yeah. Um, Rory the, was a bit more, but even he wasn't much more. The, um, I mean, again, if you make the doctor the wise old man, then the companion naturally starts becoming the young hero, which I think actually works a lot better for Doctor Who, in my opinion. I, after this last season, I would agree with you. All right, so, so we started talking about Into the Dalek. Let's start talking about Into the Dalek. Um, I guess they had to have an episode that had a Dalek, because I think every <laughs> season has had one. <laughs> well... It is it is very traditional that when you bring in a new doctor, you immediately match him up with an old foe. So that uh, uh, that that's kind of the way it's been done. The number of times Daleks or Cybermen have shown up within the first season of a new doctor, uh, and very early in that season, is 
most of them <laughs> most of them have a, a new mo- uh, an old monster show up pretty quickly i was actually going to say um for a lot of no yeah we're talking about it with the new doctor because i think with matt smith wasn't his wasn't his second episode with the dalek it was definitely the first. yeah it was no it was it was the third it was the third yeah because his uh, first one was the one with the space whale yes right his second i should say his second episode was space whale yes. but anyway so yeah you also got into the dalek uh the the new doctor's viewpoint on soldiers <laughs> Which yeah, was, yeah. which shit. was not. <laughs> at first, at first, it surprised me, but by the end of the episode, I think I was feeling a little more. I don't know. He just spent nine hundred years on Trenzalore fighting a war. He's probably got some very polarized ideas about warfare and military after coming out of that. I mean, nine hundred years suppose. covers Doctors one through six. <laughs> True. In the classic series. That's 900 years is Doctors 1 through 6. <laughs> yeah, but that was um, his fault. He could, She should have just killed all those people and then left. See? So, Problem solved. So, the fact that he has all this baggage about soldiers, at first I was like, what the hell is this coming from? But I was like, you know, he's seen and done stuff that we did not get to see. We are missing, like, 20 seasons worth of Doctor Who effectively that all happened on Trenzalore. Who knows what ha- what he ca- what he's carrying around with him at this point. So Into the Dalek was a turning point for me. Uh, I had actually discussed with you guys around the time that this episode was airing about maybe doing an episode in which I was going to introduce the idea that I was just going to bow out of Doctor Who. Um, the reason for that was I had kind of gotten a little sick of what I had started to perceive as the Doctor Who formula, which I actually kind of saw in Interstellar, but that's a topic for another episode. (laughs) Um, And this formula was you would get this weird um, monster of the episode, monster of the week uh, storyline, and then through the power of love or some other poetic shit. Bullshit. He would solve the problem. Yes. And this was every fucking episode. Yeah, agreed. It was pissing me off, too. <laughs> so I was basically feeling like, you know what? Because I really don't feel like this is going to change anytime soon. I'm beginning to feel like this is the basic gist of the show now. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to bounce. And here's the thing. I kind of feel like Enter the Do- Into the Dollar kind of had that. Because the, the, the climax of that episode was them connecting into the doctor's consciousness and then trying to connect the Dalek to that consciousness. I was like, you know what? I'm fucking out. This is the exact fucking thing I'm tired of because there's no, there's no way that this could be quantified. This is just some magic shit that they pulled out of their ass to solve the problem. And I'm tired of that. I'm tired of fucking magic solutions on Dr. Who. So, but except it wasn't the power of love. It was the fact that the Dalek saw the man's hatred. It was like, oh shit. Well, but, well, but that was that. That was their clever twist. I was I was sick of it before they got to the clever twist. Mm. When they said that's what they were going to do, I was like, God damn it, they're doing this again. I'm so tired of them doing so, this. So now they... I will admit, when they did the twist, I thought that was interesting. Okay, but so. yeah. Well, I kind of that's. Uh, a theme I thought I, I I saw a lot in this season. 
taking the the cliches of earlier new who especially earlier moffat who and turning mm. them on their head yeah um you know well i was just wearing a young body to impre- to flirt with you but i'm done with that now that's I mean, this is my real body and you know uh uh where power of love saves well not really when we open up the doctor's head we find it's full of hate um you know we we they 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 were seem to be a deliberate effort to take those cliches and subvert them and twist them and surprise us and i really really like that okay so third episode robot of sherwood well there had to be think? one that sucked <laughs> Did you not like that episode? I actually was a fan of Robot of Sherwood. Uh, I, I, they shot a spaceship down with a fucking gold arrow. Uh, they uh, admittedly they also they also cut out uh, a key scene that was designed to provide a little bit of a surprise twist. Uh, they never really justified why Robin Hood is a is a is a campy pantomime in real life. Uh, I, I there were moments I thought Capaldi was great throughout it. Capaldi acted the shit out of what Robots of Sherwood, and I thought the scene at the end where the two heroes are talking about being heroes and being meta and what it is to have other people watching you and write about you. Uh, mm. I love the meta scene at the end, but most of it I was kind of just rolling my eyes on Sherwood. I would say. Robots of Sherwood is one of those few examples of uh, an episode of just pure campiness that people think I hate that I was actually quite fond of with okay. Robots of Sherwood. I okay. I thought the camp was actually pretty fun. And I, I went into that episode like I actually didn't watch that episode for a couple of weeks because I thought I was going to hate it. <laughs> so I ended up being three weeks behind on Doctor Who because I really didn't want to watch that episode. And then when I watched it, I was like, that episode was actually pretty good. <laughs> so, eh. I'm kind of with what do you Brian think? What did you one. think of it, Brad? I was a little eh on it. But you were a little eh? Yeah, I was a little eh. Watching the whole thing. I was like, eh, well, whatever. It's fine. So you agree with Brian. There was one episode that had to suck. Yeah. Well, I, I mean... It, I wouldn't say that it sucked. You would call it, but I was kind of like the weakest. Yeah, I would say it was one of the weakest ones. I, I don't, I don't uh, have them all memorized though, unfortunately. So. I, I, yeah, I would easily say that if for me that was the weakest one of the season. All right, all right, all right. It's the, so only, for... one, it's the only one I'm not looking forward to seeing again. But well, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, because you're well. I would say something, but I've seen like every episode of Farscape like five times. Yes. Uh, even the ones that I hate, I've seen like five times. Um. Fourth episode. Listen, I actually don't remember what happened in this episode, Brian. Listen, uh, that was the one where the doctor spooked himself. He spends the entire episode looking for uh, uh, a clear hands. hands. Uh, he spends the whole episode looking for the boogeyman, and then at the pun- it had that wonderful twist at the end where he learns that there was no bo- he made it all up in his head. It was amazing. I thought that the doctors freaked himself out and went on a big quest to find a monster that didn't exist, and it was just him being freaked out. I thought that was amazing. I'd never seen that story done in Doctor Who before. Not in the audios, not in the novels, not on the show, not nowhere. Right. I, I was like, wait. This was also they had introduced the uh, Mister was it was his name Pink? Pink. Was his yeah, Mister Pink premiered in this one as well. Yes. Was it, it in Mr. this one or was it in Robots of Sherwood? No, I. 
No, it was it was this one because we even get to see their great great grand their grandson. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. thought he was actually introduced in the episode before you. Yeah. Said great, great, okay, right. you're probably right. I don't yeah. quite remember. His plot line was so disconnected for the first several episodes that it kind of. Well, granted. Together. Well, no, yeah, they yeah. had to they had to introduce him so that when they hooked Clara into the time circuits, she could be thinking of him instead of focusing on the job and yes. uh, right. get us sucked to some random point in time. Although. Even though you're like, though the doctor spooked himself, there was something freaky on that fucking bed. I just want to point that out. Uh, they, they, the doctor actually said it could just be one of the other kids playing a prank nah, on us. Nah, because when they pulled the sheet off, there wasn't nothing underneath it. Uh, don't so, nah, I me. Mean, I, look, I know a ghost when I see a ghost. All right, <laughs> and I know because I, even when I see that shit on TV, <laughs> <laughs> I know I feel evil because I know because you know when I, when they pulled that sheet off, I was like, I should be running. Why am I not running? And I was like, oh, because that's the devil there. So I just <laughs> want to point out uh, that there was something there. Yeah. And, it, and it's was one it? of the rare instances where the doctor stumbles upon something, but he's focused on something else. He's like, ah, whatever. There's invisible shit in this house. Let's uh, hop in the TARDIS and go somewhere else because I'm already yeah. working on a program. So, so yeah. and now that I remember what the episode was, um, I actually really enjoyed what they did with the Clara Pink. I really, as much as I loved Peter Capaldi, I have to say, I really, I think Moffat really made an effort because he'd been getting a lot of arguments about this. I think he really made an effort to write a strong companion this season. And I think this was one of the episodes where it was really highlighted, yeah. where she seemed really self-sufficient. And yeah. not annoying at all. <laughs> yeah, I I was actually bored out of my mind with Clara from day one. I was just agreed oh, the the ultimate cookie cutter new who companion. Um, <laughs> she's a, maybe a better actress than Amy than the actress playing Amy was, but she's not actually being given any. She's being given less to do, and the fact that she had to be perfectly normal for half a season because that was the big mystery is why why is this girl showing up? So they couldn't have anything unusual about her. Just made her the most generic companion ever because of course the running gag was there's nothing unusual about her yet she keeps popping up in history all over the place. Um. And I was really hoping they'd ditch her pretty quick in this new season. And I was wrong. I liked Clara in this season. She was great in this season. Well, that's the thing. I really think there was a real honest-to-God effort this season to say we can't... We gotta we gotta move away from having bland and boring companions because yeah. I, I think people like, are genuinely sick of that. <laughs> I really appreciated the aware... Uh, up until... Well, basically since Rose, we have had spunky companions who are witty and quippy all the time. Um, and they're always right. They're always the cool one in the room with their little quips. Unless occasionally the doctor gets to outclass them, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. Clara, in this new season, she makes quips about, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, he died. Oh, I'm sorry. She sticks her foot in her mouth with her little quips on several occasions. She just blindly assumes she knows what's going on and makes her little smart-ass comments and ends up hurting people. And I was, I really like that extra bit of self-awareness that you can't, that you can't just go through life treating everyone else as being slightly dumber than you and always come out on top. Sometimes you're going to hurt somebody. Sometimes you're going to push a button that, uh, that, that, that uh, hit a sense of sore spot on somebody. And I liked that. That was one more way of taking the cliche and turning it on its head. 
it was subtle, but it happened several times throughout the season. And you, I can't really think of hardly any time it happened before that. Okay, so fifth episode, Time Heist. I really liked this episode. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of time travel. And but I like it when it's done right and, and when everything ends up making sense in the end. And this was one of those I'm gonna say rare examples where I can honestly say I think everything matched up. Um I think the plot completely made sense, which was weird because it was a bank heist involving time travel. So kudos. <laughs> no, no, it but was this great. this yeah, I would actually say this is probably if not my favorite pretty damn close to my favorite episode of the season it was a great episode it it wasn't my favorite but it was part of a continuous run of well above average episodes in my opinion i very much enjoyed time heist yeah um was there anything standoutish that we want to point out i will say i i was a little irritated when you find out i'm gonna treat this like a spoiler special i'm just gonna assume everybody's seen the episode um, I, when you find out that the benefactor that was setting everything up was, in fact, the doctor, I was like, well, of course it is. <laughs> um, I mean, was it really ever going to be someone besides the doctor? I mean, it would have actually been nice if it was, but of course it wasn't. And of course it was the doctor. Um, but that may have been my only beef with it. But even then... If I was just looking at that one episode alone, I don't really have a problem with it. It's more, I'm tired of it always being like, whenever there's a mystery, it always turns out to be the doctor. It's yeah. something I'm a little sick of, but if I was only looking at that one episode, it works. Yeah. So I don't actually remember, this is another episode that I don't remember by title, so you'll have to refresh my memory. Sixth episode is The Caretaker. Uh, what happens doctor, in that episode? Doctor Who is a janitor at a school. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like that episode. That was a good episode. Yeah, with the alien that was... thing that was stuck in time and killing people at some yeah. semi random and and then Doctor uh meets Mr. Pink meets for the first P. time and starts calling yeah. him the P E teacher. Uh yeah. I'm a math teacher. P E teacher. And uh and so they have that whole little tete a tete and uh Mr. Pink's uh, PTSD kind of comes up with the way he uh reacts to the doctor. And how the doctor yeah. interacts with treats him like an officer. Yeah. Well, it's I very think... sarcastically too. Yeah. Um, which I I don't know. It's like, oh, I've known people like him, but yeah, I guess you're making a snap judgment. But all right, whatever. That's your prerogative. Uh, well, he to be fair, right. they were both making snap judgments. That was kind of the point. They were both making snap judgments of the other. Well, right, but at to this point, the doctor has established himself as an asshole. Right, like that's just his character. Granted, whereas Mr. Pink is supposed to be because in that first episode he was, mm. you know, not suave and not smooth and apparently sensitive because he was crying because he fucked up his first introduction to Clara Oswald and all of that. And so the Doctor acting the way that he was acting, you expected, but Mr. Pink, you you didn't. And, yeah. you know, granted, that's because he had a shitty time in the military because, uh, you know, he killed a kid. But yeah. Which uh. apparently becomes very important later. Yes. it Yeah. It's just a thing. And since, since we're already saying you've seen it all because the season's over, get off your asses if you haven't. Um, yeah. So he kills that kid. Now he's all bent out of shape about the whole thing. And yeah. uh, and 
So I don't know. It 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 introduces an interesting dynamic for some of the later episodes, but right. uh, yeah. Mr. It Pink did was have somewhat a, a line in that episode that I remember to the day. So I must must have thought it was a really good line. Uh, after she explains the doctor to uh, Pink, and then he leaves the room. He looks at Claire and says, "All right, well, now you've explained him to me. Now you and now you've explained me to him. Now you have to explain him to me." And I actually thought that was a good line. Yeah. No, so, I liked Caretaker a lot. It was it was good. It was fun. I I liked the slightly more introspective, more more emotion not not emotional, more social hierarchy, more the complexity of how the how the how these little the subtleties of how these emotions interact um, in these characters that they were doing that they've been doing this whole season. I did think it was terribly ironic. That the doctor's best, generally considered to be the doctor's best friend or longest friend, Brigadier Alastair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart from the classic series, um, who even gets even kind of makes a cameo in this season, uh, the Brigadier. He was a soldier who retired to become a math teacher, and the doctor's yeah. given pink shit, even though his best friend fits that description. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think this doctor is particularly uh, caring about being hypocritical. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I and I, I suspect if he'd met the brigadier, then this doctor had met the brigadier for the first time, he would have been annoyed with him too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't think it, it didn't break the show for me. I just thought it was amusing. <laughs> so. I I will say that when we get to not this next episode, but the episode that, that I definitely have a comment to make about his viewpoint on soldiers. Uh, but speaking of which, so the next episode is Kill the Moon, uh, which I, really, I thought was I, actually a pretty good episode. I thought it was a great episode. I, yeah, I, I, I really like Kill the Moon. Kill the Moon was a great episode. That was definitely an episode that really played up the whole we have a strong <laughs> companion this season episode. Because I really think that was an episode that really... Well, it was the episode that said... Um, the doctor stepped away and said, I'm not going to intervene. This is a human issue. I'm going to let you make the decision. Yeah. Except she didn't react well to that though. Like if she had, yeah. if she had taken it well, I'd say, okay, strong companion, but she's kind of like, I'm following the thing. And then you, you leave this to me or to me and, uh, and this, you know, the other astronaut there. And mm. what the hell? What the fuck's wrong with you? With the, you know, how yeah. could you well, do that to me? I would actually say that that's a fair reaction to what. Yes. I mean, she was expecting the doctor to do what he always does, which is save the day. And I actually, this is one of the reasons I really like this episode. I actually think both the doctor and the companion had very great natural reactions. I actually completely agree with both of their logic. Yeah. I agree with the doctor's logic of it is not my place to make this decision. But at the same time, I also agree with Clara's reaction to that decision, which is what the fuck, man, you're always saving the day. You can't just walk away at yeah. a fairly important moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that was very well done. I also thought given all the stuff about the doctor, day of the doctor blowing up Gallifrey, all the angst left over from that. He's like, you know what? This is somebody else is going to decide the fate of these people. I, I am not going to be the one who pushes that button one more time. I, I don't need to be the one. It's not technically my responsibility. Um, this isn't my planet we're talking about. I'm going to let somebody else push the button. And uh, uh, I thought 
I, that seemed totally believable given what all the stuff about blowing up Gallifrey that we've seen in the past where he had to make that hard choice. Well, so why I did think, you like the episode? I, I'm sorry. I, no, I was just saying, for him, like the decision for him, like normally he shows up and he saves the day because there's some evil intelligence and the evil intelligence is causing a ruckus, right? And in this one, it's not. It was, it was, like it wasn't even alive yet it was a baby like it was an unhatched egg and our first response or our first uh, thought was well let's blow it up right that was what the astronauts were saying and i think going back to you know kind of what brian had said about his 900 years on trenzalore you know he he didn't react well to the to the uh assertion that we should just kill it like we should just kill it it's fucking with us we should just go ahead and kill it and so for him to say, no, I'm not going to murder a baby uh, to save, you know, to, I mean, maybe it fucks things up for you. Humanity will survive or it might not survive. But, hey, that's that's things happen in the universe and I can't go change them all. Normally, when he intervenes, it's because someone is doing someone knows they're doing something evil and they're and they're still doing it right. Like when mm -hmm. with the. uh with the adipose, those were just babies. He didn't kill them. He just said, oh, okay, well, we'll let you go home. We'll call their parents to come and retrieve mm -hmm. them. And then they leave and everybody's happy, right? Um, so, like, I, I get I get his... I, I, I get his response. Like, his the, the concept that you're thinking of, let's kill this baby to save ourselves, kind of pissed mm -hmm. him off. So I get that. But uh, telling Clara, all right, well, we're going to have to leave. This, this will have to be your decision. And her just flipping out about that. I mean, maybe it's understandable, but it's not necessarily a good character trait, you know. So, whatever. And that so, kind of seems right. to. Let stuck. me ask you guys. Uh, and I know this is a weird question, but uh, what do you think he would do? I'd probably just flip out and cry in the corner. <laughs> um, oh. I can be honest. That's probably what I would do. I'm trying to remember. How I would probably go with whatever the Earth voted for. I would go with what I would say. Okay, that's what the Earth voted for. That's what I'm going to do. If I remember, the Earth voted for killing it, right? Yep, yep. yep. I, I'm not saying I've been a good person. I'm just saying I would have said, well, majority rules, <laughs> democratic. At least my ass is covered. If anyone asks, I said, well, they all voted. I just, I was just the messenger. You know, you do get to, you do get to kind of get off the hook a little bit when you let the world vote and they vote to murder the thing. Uh, I think yeah, if I, they had murdered it, I don't think anybody would have held it against it. I mean, I do think it would have been the bad decision, but I I don't think anybody well, would have blamed them. <laughs> it's only the bad decision because we realized it didn't have to happen. Hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty. Yes. Um, I I so would it? I probably would have killed it because you know we have a long history of eradicating things that make our lives inconvenient. Giant space babies are no different in that in that regard. <laughs> so. I mean, you know, we hunted wolves almost to extinction because they ate our sheep, uh, you know, and not just all the wolves didn't eat our sheep. Three or four wolves ate our sheep and really, we decided really, to kill just, every fucking It was wolf. just that one, that one wolf, Tom. Yeah, yeah. That, that one <laughs> asshole fucked everything up. You know, we yeah. saw the movie Jaws and we murdered like, you know, a thousand sharks that year. It's, you know, to, to say, oh, well, we're not going to do this. We're all just going to accept our quiet death. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I uh... well, I would say I think the 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 real uh, 
gist of that episode was they didn't know that what was ever going to happen was going to destroy them. I think that was what the gist was. They just assumed it was. And then it turned out it didn't. Well, it, um, it was fucking things up, right? Because um, mm-hmm. the, the moon was breaking apart and all of that flying into us would be bad, right? So from the right. from the information they had, it mm-hmm. was going to be fucked up. And, and also, you know, we kind of use our moon for shit. Uh, you know, tides and you know, it helps stabilize our oh, stabilize the wobble of our orbit and all that other bullshit. So, um, you know, not having the moon there is kind of fucked up. I, I like the uncertainty because if, if it was definitely going to kill us, sure, they would definitely kill it. But sometimes you don't have all the information, so sometimes you have to say, Usually well, you don't have yeah, I, I like that too. The mm-hmm. ambiguity, it wasn't one of those. Data has predicted to within five percent, two percent, exactly what's going to happen, or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, shields will fail in thirty-eight seconds. <laughs> no, it's all <laughs> ambiguous. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. I actually thought that was really good. So one of the things that I will complain about that episode, and it's fine, but it threw me so far out of the episode when it happened that I was like, oh Jesus, was after the moon cracked and the baby came out. Like, just another moon showed up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the life cycle of the thing. It's born, and yeah. then it's, it's born pregnant. Bam. Yes. Shit happens. So, yeah, exactly. I just, I just was, I just, it just, I was like, wow. So, because, yeah, my immediate thought was right after it happened, I was like, okay, fine and dandy. It didn't kill us, but now we don't have a moon, and I think that's kind of a big deal. And then all of a sudden, we do, and I'm like, oh, well, that's convenient. <laughs> well, I was I would have actually been really upset if something like that hadn't happened because they had established in numerous Doctor Who stories that the moon would continue to exist in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh like uh and uh so I, I was very glad that yeah, okay, we got some sort of moon. And yes, the moon seemed to come out of nowhere, but all the it other didn't fit, seem this, to come out of nowhere. Yeah, it came it, out of nowhere. It, <laughs> yeah. All the science that went into the baby was so terrible anyway yeah, that yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Why not have a moon come out of nowhere? Yeah. We, it's no weirder than anything else you've asked us to believe. That this yeah. Is. Yeah. Grant, you I, know what? I, I will completely grant you that. I, I don't know too many uh, babies and eggs that already have parasites. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if the chicken comes out of the egg and it's covered in fleas, uh, you need to just burn that whole continent down. There ain't, ain't nothing good about that. That's, that's yeah, fucked up, right? That's, that's a, that's a, that's a, we call that a, a voodoo. Bad voodoo. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that, that's definitely not some shit that, anyway, um, I definitely. <laughs> I also have to say I, I wasn't talking about voodoo like, anymore. I, I, I can't even talk about it. I don't even know. Words don't even work out of my mouth no more. Uh, um, I, I did I, want to say the spiders were awesome. I, just yes. on a visual effect, those yes. were they, they they're were a cool. strikingly new monster that was a new look for a new critter that I'd not seen. So it was definitely a cool effect. Here's a uh, question: um, What did you guys think? Did you did you guys think? Oh, hey, we might be getting a new companion in. The, uh, the, doc, the the school the student <laughs> yeah I don't know what you were gonna call her but I don't know where I was that. going with uh, that but but yeah with the with the uh, you know kid from the wrong side of the tracks yeah I got to tell you I thought that several times this season. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I thought she was fun. I was like, oh, I'm okay with this. So far this season has done got way more right than it has wrong. I'll cut them some slack. Sure, kid companion, why not? She's better than uh, the ones in that Neil Gaiman episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I will definitely say that, um, and I think they were playing around with the idea that we knew this was Clara's last season. I think they introduced a lot of characters that could have been possible replacement um options options so yeah. I, I i i i after a while i thought okay they're doing this on purpose now <laughs> um yeah I, the one last thing i want to say about the one last thing i want to say about kill the moon was i did actually like the fact that all three of the people making the decision were women i thought that was a a cool oh, yeah yeah all three well they actually kept bringing it up in the episode uh, the three ladies, uh, they kept mentioning the fact that uh, the all three of the characters who made that decision were women. So I thought that was a cool aspect. I, I, I don't know why. I just thought it was cool. I think it's just because I don't see it very often, so I thought it was cool. Uh, all right, so the next episode, Mummy on the Orient Express. <laughs> I thought that was a fun episode. I like Mummy yeah. on the Orient Express. Yeah, I thought that was a really good episode. Uh, I had a little bit of slight nitpick with the end of the episode, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, I liked, um, it was kind of a Monster of the Week episode, but I thought it was an interesting Monster of the Week episode. So, um, and I thought the um, mystery, the puzzle that they had basically created for that episode was an interesting puzzle. It kind of reminded me of the uh, the David Tennant episode where they were on the train and you had that monster that was just repeating uh, back what everyone else was doing. Ah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. It kind of reminded me of that episode. Yeah. No, I liked, I thought it was a good puzzle piece uh, and um, a good little, some good twists. Um, and uh, just the idea that, yeah, you're watching your death walk towards you and, Everyone's asking you questions about it, and only you can see it. And nobody can stop it. I was like, "All right, that's a new way to kill somebody." Bravo! Yeah, that's a fucked up way to kill someone too. I also thought it was an interesting way to really get into the head of what it's like to be the doctor. Yeah, that yeah. I think that's the high point of that episode, um, yeah. especially given now that Clara is all little Miss Pissy Britches because you know you wanted me to decide the fate of the earth. And uh, so this is her last, you know, her going to be her last hurrah with the doctor. And mm. and, and in that, he's like, well, bring her here so that when she dies, we can, you know, get some data and, uh, you know, lie to her if you have to. And then, you know, the episode concludes and, you know, he basically takes her place, hoping to, that he could find a solution. And he says, yeah, mm. that's just I didn't know if I could save her or not. So, yeah. I, I could I didn't want to just tell you that I could because I want to get her hopes up. But you know, if she would have died, I would have uh, you know we would have gone to the next person and the next person because we needed to solve it. It's what I do. Yeah, sucks to be me. Yeah. Stop being a bitch yeah. about it. So yeah, I, I did it. think uh, when they, I remember at one point I was like, oh, the doctor's going to deliberately mess himself up so that he'll be the next victim because it goes after the weaker ones. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering if that was going to happen. Yeah. So my nitpick with the episode was, are you allowed to surrender to a soldier and then that soldier salutes you and then treats you like you're the person that's now giving it orders? I don't think that's how any military works. 
Did he? He sur- he surrendered to the monster, and that's what stopped the monster. And yeah. then he started giving the monster orders. Yeah. I don't remember the orders part. Yeah, I think pretty he much started, he saluted the. Uh, as I recall, he told he said he surrendered. The monster stopped, and then just kind of shut itself down. Well, was, but he no, he shut himself down because he told him that his mission was over, and that he told him, and he said it in the official "I'm giving you orders" type yeah. of way. Your mission <laughs> is now over. Well, so he was he was basically playing the officer now. Nah, I think I think you're reading into that one. I think I, had to, I could pull. I, I'd have to go back to the episode, yeah. but if I remember correctly, that is basically yeah. what he was doing. He my, was being my, the officer yeah. to give him yeah. orders. No, no, no. I said, inter- yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. My interpretation, as I recall, was that the creature was really obviously kind of sick of its job. It wanted to stop, but it had this programming that forced it to keep going on. So once somebody actually gave it a, 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 an excuse to stop that was valid for its little hardware, then it was actually kind of relieved and 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 was happy to self-destruct or whatever right. now that mm-hmm. it had a pro- an out on its programming. But admittedly, this was some hoop jumping I had to do to justify it, which does indicate a certain weakness in the script. That See, I, had to I, I don't know if it's hoop jumping because I, I came up with the exact same thing. Or came up with. That's, that's basically how I saw it. He said, because uh, he, he said that, you know, why is it in bandages? Why is it whatever? And it's like he's been doing this for a really long time. And he says, oh, you're a soldier and this is the thing and you don't want to keep killing people, but you kind of have to because your program is such. And uh, so when I say I surrender, it's like, oh, all right, well, sweet. And and the mummy was like, oh, thank God. Uh, fucking chip in my brain wouldn't let me wouldn't let me just self-destruct until the war was over. And now it is and I can go home. And I don't even know if it was actually listening to what the doctor, like the doctor saying your your mission is over. I don't even know if he was, if he paid any attention to that. I think he was just like, oh, 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 I got, I got command control back. All right. Self-destruct. And and that's what he did. So. I, like I said, I, I said up front that I did like the episode. So this little nitpick of mine is not a big enough nitpick that I hate the episode. It no, 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 just... it's, it's binary. We've already been over this, Michael. The world is black and white. Uh, and, uh, you're black, so you hated it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> is that what being black means? Pretty much. Pretty Kinda, much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haterade. A <laughs> little bit. So the next episode, Flatline, um, that was an interesting episode. That was definitely an interesting monster. Yeah. Um, well... Go ahead. I, I thought Flatline is my favorite of the season. Uh, it was definitely the one really? of the best things I've seen since Blink. Um, and this is actually far better of a monster than the Weeping Angels were as far as a monster with a clever gimmick. I want to see them bring these guys back. I can already write, uh, in my own head, great sequels uh, for other fun things these monsters could do that would be great fun to see on screen. You, you know that just means you're going to be disappointed when they do bring them back, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Well, it's I was called also... the Weeping Angels. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 well, I, I never wanted the Weeping Angels to come back. I thought they were great, but by the end of the story, I thought we're done with them. There's nothing else to do with these guys, and I was right. Well, apparently, uh, Stephen Moffat didn't agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I think he did. It's just everyone kept clamoring for it, and Moffat loves to please the crowd. So, 
Um, he does like to please the grass. Yes. You gotta give yeah, people what you want. Uh, man. Just just man. I remember I was there for him giving a live commentary track at a Doctor Who convention for Blink, and he talked about how they were the most rubbish monsters ever, and that they were crafted entirely for this episode, and it's really quite easy to get away from them, and it's just kind of they're you know he'd never they only worked because the story was crafted in a certain way, um, and then he had to you know brought I was kind of surprised he brought them back, but then realized yeah everybody wants them to come back. Whereas I think the flat line, flat people, there's a lot of potential there. I can think of all sorts of fun things the flat people can do. So. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting in the episode was, and it was pretty much a line that Peter Capaldi says at one point, was, I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt that you guys were just trying to talk to us, but I'm actually beginning to suspect that you just don't give a shit. Yeah. So you're, that just makes you a monster at this point. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. His his monologue at the end. Oh, I loved it. I yeah, thought yeah. that was great. Yeah. That was a great monologue. Yeah. So that makes you the monster, and that means that makes I means I got to do what I do, which is killer of monsters. So uh, you know, fuck you all. Yeah. So. I also liked when he did his Adams family thing. And I love the fact that <laughs> oh, yeah! she actually said, "Do the Adams family thing." <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that was amazing. Yeah, that was. I th- that was really good. <laughs> that was a fun. That was a, that was a fun play with the you know the bigger on the inside. Well, you know it's mm-hmm. bigger on the inside, so the outside could be whatever size it's going to be, and you know mm-hmm. you can interact with it that way. I thought that was really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I did. I uh, did think they should have killed that one guy though. Um, the guy that was in charge of all the people doing community service. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he was a dick. Guy. Well, I think a large part of, point of keeping him alive was that sometimes the jerk lives. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. This is true. And then they yeah. kind of go over that. I, I also, again, I also like the glimpse into what it is to be the doctor when yeah. he's talking to Clara, and you know, the one guy got got taken after they run into the abandoned tra- train station. And, you know, she's like, uh, oh, so is this what it's like to be? It was like, yeah, pretty much people die and I got to do what I can to keep everybody else alive. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I think uh, it was, as an it was, audience, we kind of take for thing. granted and we're kind of like, oh, why didn't you save everybody? It's like, um, I just got here. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, three or four people have to die before I figure out what the what the thing is, and then I can fix it. But you know, well, yeah, and I think for a lot of audiences, it's the why didn't you save everybody? And he's like, uh, there were twenty people here, and I saved fourteen of them. Why are you getting on my case about the six that I couldn't save? The doctor's glass. Do you think? Full. Do you think I'm happy about the fact that I couldn't save those six people? I don't really need you throwing it in my face. Okay, so... Um, uh, I just want to make a point before we move on to the next episode. Okay. Okay. I be- At this point, I began to realize we'd had a very long run of what, in my opinion, were very above-average episodes. <laughs> and I went back and counted, and I was like, listen, Time Heist, Caretaker, Kill the Moon, Mummy on the Orient Express, and Flatline. Six above-average, really good episodes of Doctor Who in a row. And then I went down and I sat down and I looked through 50 years of Doctor Who TV looking for when they'd last had six good stories in a row. I had to go all the way back to William Hartnell. And You're even then, to remind it's, us which one that was. Uh, the first Doctor. 
the, the wow. very first black and white doctor. I, that, it, that's not even my favorite era. My favorite era was with the fourth doctor, but they still didn't have an era, a run of six good ones without having some stinker stuck in the middle. <laughs> um, I, I, and even the Hartnell one, there was kind of an iffy one that I like, but most people don't like and don't consider a classic in there. So I was, as far as a consistent run, that six is very hard to beat. I even went online to a bunch of forums and asked several different Doctor Who groups, give me a run of six re- uh, six really good episodes in a row that you agree with. And some people could come up with other lists. I tended to disagree for one reason or another with this or that. Every You know, obviously, a subject by definition, a subjective question. But uh, it was still hard. People were not throwing lists right and left. Most people could not come up with more than one or two stretches of six episodes in a row where they thought all the all six were above average was that so. six episodes or six stories story six stories six stories which uh, which threw some people because some people wanted to count like human nature part one and part two as two separate stories i said like, no no that's one story right so right um but uh that's yeah, true because if you count episodes, then classic series is going to win easily. A lot of those, they they, they did six, <laughs> one six-parter wins, you know. Right. Here's a six-part story. It wins. It's a great story. Boom. Done. <laughs> so, right. So, yeah. So anyway, I just had to point that out. I'm very impressed that Moffat had it, was the man to come up with one of those very rare six-story runs of <laughs> uh, in Doctor Who. Yeah. I, well, like I said, this was... This was a point that I was going to make at the end of when we got done with all the episodes, and I'll probably bring it up again, but I definitely want to say I think this is the first Doctor Who season, full season, where I can totally see me rewatching the whole season again. There has been no other season of Doctor Who where when the season was over, I felt an urge to rewatch the entire season. That has never happened. This (laughs) is the first time that I went, I think I actually want to rewatch that whole season. Yeah. Um, that's, that's good TV. Uh, but I do find it interesting that you bring that up before the next episode, <laughs> which was in the forest of the night, which I will admit was my least favorite episode of the season. <laughs> I, it wasn't my least favorite. I thought it was average, not bad, just average. So just I better could... than, better than robots of Sherwood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, robots of Sherwood was a little below average, not terrible, but definitely a little subpar. Uh, whereas I like the 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 Forest of Night, but I and I I enjoyed it. It was a decent episode, but it was it's the sort of decent that keeps me coming back to Doctor Who year after year after year. It's an average Doctor Who episode for me. I that's a good thing, but um, but I, I I couldn't actually lump it in that big run of six. I couldn't make it seven. Not honestly. <laughs> what did you think, Patrick? Uh, I uh. So it it went back to the one sort of Doctor Who trope that I just I don't really like in in any any series, which is the you know the magical schizophrenic child that uh, has the connection to the greater universe. So that yeah. that part I didn't like. Um, otherwise, I mean, otherwise, uh, like Ryan said, it was average. Like it was it was fairly obvious to me. Um, that the the forest grew up and it wasn't going to destroy the world. It was actually going to save the world. And just how is it going to save the world? Oh, hey, it turns out these trees are, are you know, flame-proof. And hey, look, there's a solar flare coming. Ah, I don't see why it's not more apparent to someone with, you know, 1,500 years of experience with random things 
But hey, whatever. He's uh, he's a little flummoxed. He's got kids in his TARDIS, so you know. <laughs> it's amazing how just some kids showing up can completely throw him off. Well, especially um, that, that group of assholes. Holy shit. Um, and I would actually say that I don't think the episode was bad, but it was definitely the episode that it's kind of like when I look at the Firefly run. I don't think any episode of Firefly is bad, but there are certain, certainly some episodes that I consider to be weaker than other ones. And when I looked at this episode, I had to go, okay, I actually don't hate this episode, but it's definitely weaker than the rest of the season, in my opinion. Um, but again, I don't actually think there was a wholly bad episode this season, which I find that amazing that I just said that about a Doctor Who season. <laughs> um, well, and- I, I, I have crunched the numbers. It is actually kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing that there's a, especially coming at the point that I had said, I think I'm done with Doctor Who, like right at the beginning of the season, and then I get this season, and I was like, all right, point made, yeah. I get it. I was tired of the, the way Doctor Who was made. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to give Moffat credit. He was listening to what people. He was aware yeah. that the show needed a, a reboot, or I, I, well, I, yeah, I, I think he. Yeah, he definitely listened to the um, companion uh, talk online. I, I really do think a lot of this season was a concentrated effort to give fans what they want after they're complaining about the companions. I'm not even... I was... I'm not going to say that I was happy with the way Companions were, but I don't know that it bothered me. But now that I've actually gotten a full season of, like, a really interesting Companion story, yeah, yeah, apparently it was actually bothering me, too. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I I didn't realize how much it was annoying me until I actually got a decent one. All right, I'm just going to treat the last, the only two-parter of the season as one episode, which is the finale, which was Dark Water and then Death in Heaven. Uh, what did you guys think? Strong? Um, I, I, really, I thought the first episode really set things up nicely. Um, I have to confess, the second episode was a mess, but it was filled with such scrumptious good goodness that the fact that none of it made much sense didn't really bother me i was like okay that scene was awesome that scene was awesome that scene was awesome i don't really care that this and add up to anything but i okay didn't think it was i didn't think it was interesting that they clearly introduced somebody in the last episode and everybody knew this was clara's last season that they clearly introduced somebody that we all assumed was going to be the next companion, and then he just kills that person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, we, we, she wasn't okay. going to be the next companion. She wasn't pretty enough. Uh, she had glasses on <laughs> and, a, and a coat that didn't fit right. I mean, we, no, no one expected her to go. Uh, we all kind of hoped, but they're like, nah, that just doesn't work well, out. She's I, I can definitely makeover. see that. Having somebody in there who worships Doctor Who, the Doctor to that level, would get really old really fast in the TARDIS. Well, yeah. you know the story. We, we got that be... with Martha Jones. Yeah, no. I suppose you could have. The, uh, I suppose you could have done Capaldi ruthlessly crushing all of her expectations about himself <laughs> for, for, well, for a whole season. I, I, maybe I, that I, she I hates think, him by the end. But I think the storyline could have been 
that someone who has who has you know it, it's it's like the first contact storyline right you've read everything you think this person is yeah. great and then you see them in real life and you're like oh they're just like a person right and yeah. so she kind of loses that naivete uh kind of early on and then it's just you know companion but no we don't have that you know the the missy goes and and kills her. And I did. I I do like the kind of ruthlessness that Missy goes about, just randomly killing people. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, but I was kind of sad that she was not smart enough to get the hell out of there when she said, "Oh, I'm going to kill you in 47 seconds or 40 seconds, whatever it was." Um, and I and I think if I could, that makes uh, her not companion material. Well, you know, if I could be so bold as to blame the victim here, when someone says they're going to kill you in 40 seconds you should fucking leave uh you know or you should call more security you should do something other than just hang out and talk to the person i did i kind of honestly i sort of pinned all of that on the doctor i mean he left the master awake and yeah with other people and he should know better than that yeah (laughs) i I thought the same thing i'm like why are you not just sedated you should be sedated full time now he talks the to you, and then you, you go back under. The only time you should if the doctor is in the room. <laughs> exactly. What did you guys think of the idea of the mistress? I liked her. Uh, I, As somebody who's never liked the master very much, or at least not after I turned 16, um, I thought, when I was younger, <laughs> oh, he's the evil doctor, it's awesome. Then I got a little older and realized... He's just rubbish. But <laughs> and the master I could totally see having that reaction. <laughs> uh, I the only time that I've ever seen the master was when I was in my you know, late twenties to early thirties. So I don't have the experience of what I thought of the master when I was a kid. So Yeah. Once you get pat once you realize that he's just He's just Spock. He's just evil mirror universe doctor, and he does evil things because he's evil. He just gets so old, and so whatever. Um, so I had I thought, a similar reaction to Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> I I give Luthor points because he doesn't have superpowers, so he has to work really hard, and that get, makes him much more interesting. The Master is a Time Lord and has a TARDIS more often than not in the series, and so loses a lot of points in my book because he's he's just the same as the doctor you know um i i like I, missy i liked i liked the missy character in the first half but once she reveals herself to be the master and just lets the facade drop and just goes insane uh just a a, a super crazy character i'm not super fond of that so you're not fond of just crazy yeah just like just I'm just insane. I'm just insane, and I'm crazy, and I'm gonna do whatever I want. I'm like, eh, yeah, that was kind of old when when the master did it uh, the last time we saw him with with Tenet. So, yeah. mm, you know, I mean, he yeah, did it with will... more style since he was taking over the world at the time. But you know, she's not taking over the world. She's just enacting a plan. So it's just it's 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 lesser, you know. And, yeah. I I mean, I'm not saying I loved Missy to the ends of the earth or anything. I just thought, if you're going to bring the Master back, this is probably as good as it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will concur to your earlier question with Brian, which is uh, the first half, the first hour of it, I thought was great. And then it just kind of petered out um, for the second half for me. I will say that I'm a fan of the master from the David Tennant era, but that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm a fan of the actor John Sim. 
Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> um, so I liked, I liked John Sim from Life on Mars, which I had actually seen. I think, I believe I saw that before. Yes, he played At the least master. That's what you told me anyway. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw him in Doctor Who, I didn't even know who the master was, but I knew who that actor was. So I was pretty much just enjoying seeing John Sim on a show that I like. So. He just happened to be playing that character. So every time he showed up, I liked it, him just playing that role. But I, it was completely about the actor. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, uh, so Clara. I really did not like Clara in this episode. And uh, kind of going on earlier in the season, I think starting with uh, uh, what was the episode before The Mummy on the Orient Express, uh, The Caretaker or yeah. not the caretaker kill the moon um kill the moon yeah i'm starting to get tired of clara and so when they kind of put on the money mummy on the orange express and there's like she's leaving i'm like you know what good because i'm kind of sick of her attitude and then you get to this last episode and uh yeah i don't i mean yeah mr pink died although he died he died dumb he died really dumb he's talking on the phone <laughs> and he doesn't he he doesn't look both ways before he crosses the street. Like that's I'll acknowledge that's that is a stupid way to die. That's yeah. the dumbest way to die ever. And then she doesn't take it well and she tries tries to betray him and and uh you know, all of that. Although I will say that line that he says, um, I thought was, was excellent when after he yeah. says, you know, we're going to hell, he's like, But, you know, I betrayed you. Yeah, but did you think I cared so little for you that your betraying me would matter? I love that line. I think that line yeah. is, is great. Yeah. No, that line was great. Uh, one thing that I will say about the death of Pink is I do think he died stupid, but if ever there was a conversation that would probably be distracting, it would probably be the one that he was having. Well, the girl says, I love you? Well, no. The She said, uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about, and she had obviously been lying to him for a while, and then she throws that out when he was already expecting this other big conversation. I can totally understand how that might be distracting enough to not be paying attention to what's going on. I agree that how he died was dumb, though. Like, I don't know if it's so distracting that I would be hit by a car. Yes, stop walking. But I can understand that it would be distracting. Yeah, yeah, stop walking. I would probably just stop walking, yeah. I would have just sat down on a goddamn bench somewhere. <laughs> I wouldn't have kept walking. <laughs> Unless, I, unless he killed himself because he was sick of her bullshit. Now that makes more sense to me. I guess I was. Wow. I thought. <laughs> I thought he died dumb, but I was like, okay, whatever. People get hit by cars. This happens. <laughs> people get hit by cars. People I, don't normally walk into a busy fucking road. Uh, it happens. People. Whatever. Uh, I, 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 I didn't think it was not a big deal either way for me. I don't know if I would have written it that way if I'd been writing it, but. I will say that I don't know that I understood the whole plot point about the Cybermen and the afterlife. I will say <laughs> that I did like the Doctor Who, I like Doctor Who's interpretation of the afterlife. I thought that was interesting because I had never seen that before. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is interesting. Fair, you know, I'm all, I'm all for just enjoying something because I've never seen it before. And I did like when he said, uh, uh, were you thinking about having your body cremated? And then the reaction to, uh, oh, God, he may possibly be getting cremated. 
Uh, I thought all that was interesting. Things like you've got Wi-Fi in the afterlife. I thought all that was kind of interesting. I, I yeah. will freely acknowledge I thought all that was I know, interesting. I, I like the nether sphere. I like the little waiting area when you die. And like, ooh, yeah, so um, you're dead. Like, all of that. I like that. That was yeah. that was fun. I thought that was interesting. And the I don't whole, know if I understood what connection that had to do with the Cybermen. I don't know that I understood that at they all. They were grabbing I people's... Did, I, I, I didn't either. <laughs> they were grabbing people's consciousnesses right, like right at the moment of death, and uploading them to this to this brain construct, and they were holding them there so that they could then re-download those back into Cyberman Rain Nanite created bodies at some point in the future. Do you think they learned that when they uh, interacted with the Borg? <laughs> probably, probably. Sure. <laughs> why? Why, um, why would you? Yeah, I, I was just like, dude. You're gonna. You, why do you save these personalities when, as soon as you install it in a Cyberman, you delete them or suppress the personality? Why not just build exactly. robots? No, What's no, the point? you don't. You don't suppress the personality. You suppress the emotions, right? But you need. It's like that thing. Like you need the wetware, right? But you don't want all the little pesky add-ons, like. You know, but there was no wetware. Wetware had all decayed. The bodies were ancient. And well, skeletons. okay. But what I'm saying, Brian, no <laughs> is that the the thing that drives the Cyberman, it, the Cyberman, it, there's this. You know, they they always convert living people. They never just make robot bodies, right? For Cybermen, right? Yes. So the Cybermen needs some sort of some sort of consciousness to run it. But you want it to be pliable and easily you know, easily controlled or whatever. And so instead of... But when of, you get to the point where the consciousness has been digitized on a disk, why not just copy one consciousness and install it in all the bodies? <laughs> uh, because that's the... Why Why are human beings sexual reproducers instead of just asexual, right? There's, there's benefits in having differences within your individual units. But we never see the but, Cybermen portray these differences. They're always a, a, a completely community... It's like stormtroopers up until recently. Yeah. Um, actually, my question was, um, what was it about Pink that allowed him to still feel his emotions? Because I don't think that was ever actually explained. He didn't. Other click than the, the fact button, that remember? he happened to be Pink. He didn't. Huh? Remember, he didn't click the button. Like, remember where they said they he called uh, Clara and he was crying, and they're like, "Okay, well, you know, we can we can fix this for you. All you have to do is." push this little button and all those pesky emotions like sadness and loss, they all go away. He never got around to mm. pushing the button. And yeah, I think he was... Was, a, was that the explanation? Yeah, he was a fairly I new arrival, so they didn't have the time to... Like, I, I assume there's a process that erases your emotions, and he just wasn't there long enough to have it forcibly <laughs> taken. I didn't, I didn't connect those two things, but now that you say that, I, I, I'm guess you're probably right. That probably was the explanation. Yeah, for why I, I hadn't actually put that together in my head either. Thank you, Patrick. Oh, you're welcome. I like this episode a bit more. I, <laughs> I guess we're supposed to assume that the brigadier held off on pushing that button for quite a few uh, for a while too. But yeah, well, it was. Uh, yeah, I guess there was a. I guess if you're if you're awesome enough. You can hold on to your, uh, you know, you can hold on to your soul, apparently. Yeah. So, because yeah. was it more than just a brigadier, or was it? I, 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 like there I, was like well, I think there was guys. the implication that there were probably others out there. That, right. I mean, you know, out of all the. Wait, I don't remember this brigadier. What do you guys say? This I don't remember at all. At the very end, the one say? that actually ends up killing the, uh, killing the mistress. Mm -hmm. It's that. That, that oh, I, I thought that was pink. No, 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 no. no. 
You need to rewatch the last episode. <laughs> Apparently, I need to rewatch that episode, or I need to watch the last ten minutes of yeah. the last episode. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, the- if not for nothing else, Nick Frost is Santa Claus. <laughs> should throw that out there. <laughs> How yeah. awesome was that? Actually, yeah. before we get to Nick Frost and yeah. Santa Claus, I do actually want to say that I really enjoyed that last scene with the Doctor talking to Clara, where they were both. Just explicitly just lying. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you believe it. You buy into totally that these characters would lie to each other on these mm. issues at this in this context. Well, the whole, the, if I felt like the whole season was leading up to an explanation for why these two characters would just so blatantly and openly lie to one another. Yeah. Um and I bought it and went yeah. after after this full season I was like I could totally buy that they would do exactly what they're doing right now. Um, yeah, so and I thought it was fucked up that the that the master fucked with him just 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 one more time and gave him coordinates to empty space. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you fucking uh, dick. <laughs> how, how nerd? How nerd is it that when he read off the master read off those coordinates, I was like, those are the coordinates for Gallifrey. <laughs> I recognize those actually those you are the actually actual yeah that's that that's back from the old classic series. Those are the coordinate the space time coordinates for Gallifrey. So that's okay. awesome. I was like saying it was he did say it was back where it where it had always been. Yeah, yes. well I'm sorry, she did say yeah, that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, she did, she did. So this was awesome. I was like, I know those numbers. I know those numbers. That's Gallifrey. <laughs> wow, dude. That wow. Hey. You know he what? did write a tech manual. He, yeah, <laughs> he man's a man's a fan, I and mean, what do you expect, right? Yeah. Um, that 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 is um, that's fan shit right there. Yeah. Um. But do, so now let's talk about Nick Frost as Santa Claus. Well, I did uh, want to say a few words about the Brigadier, Cyber Brigadier. Yes. Okay. I, which I guess you missed, but Patrick saw it. I yeah, uh, I, I was paying attention. Yeah, yeah. the Brigadier <laughs> has been there since 1967. Uh, in in one uh, re- as a reoccurring character in Doctor Who, and the actor Nicholas Courtney, who I even hung out on a sea cruise with once, he died in um, a few years ago, uh, shortly before they did the the phone call that Matt Smith gets that uh, right before the Doctor goes to um, uh, Tren- no not Trenzalore, um goes to the lake Lake Silencio, okay, where he's going to die. You know, he gets that phone call. The Brigadier passed away. Um, so he's a big deal. So bringing him back as a Cyberman, I had some mixed emotions on, you know, this is this, you know, it's kind of like if somebody brought back Luke Skywalker, but he was a Borg, you know, or something, you know, somebody, right. some beloved character. Is that honoring or is that blasphemy to have him be this horrid machine corpse thing? I decided I actually liked it a lot, but only if that's it. It's done. I do not want to see Cyber Brigadier ever, ever again. That needs to be the last goodbye note for that character. <laughs> well, I mean, he blew himself well, up, so he's pretty much done. I, well, you don't really... He just flies up into the sky. You don't see him explode. You just don't know what happens. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I I thought that he flies up and then you hear an explosion. Like, I know you don't see it, but I, th- I thought you heard yeah. it. I thought there was maybe you hear it. Maybe I missed the. Uh, maybe I missed the noise. I think there's I, a. I, 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 were you paying attention? <laughs> I think. I think there was I, I a might little. Have missed, I've only seen it once, so maybe yeah. I missed the noise. You do not see him explode. I, I've I only seen like, it once. I think there might have been like either you hear the explosion or there's like a little bit of a, of a flash when he flies behind the cloud. Um, I think 
that it is it is a good homage because even being a Cyberman, he still doesn't necessarily save the day, but he's still mm-hmm. fighting the good fight, right? He goes yeah. and saves his daughter when she yeah. gets thrown out of the plane, and he ends up killing the master or the mistress at the end, and uh, kind of saying, "Yeah, fuck that, we're not having this again." Yeah. And uh, and then he kind of flies off to what I assumed was. You know, I'm going to fly off and explode because that's what, uh, you know, that's what yeah. Danny Pink did. So yeah. you're like, OK, so you, you even in death, you are still heroic and you're still, yes. you know, looking out, fighting the good fight. So well, it's worth I, I also kind of well, let me just say real quick. I also thought it was kind of a well, now that you guys have pointed it out to me, I think it's cool because one little flaw in this plan could be that if if the possibility to still have your emotions is there, then it's kind of a flaw in the master's plan that all of these Cybermen, there were plenty of heroic people in the history of Doctor Who that would have been turned into Cybermen, and they might have also uh, done basically what the Brigadier did, which is, you know, I'm not going to follow into this evil plan. I'm going to fight against that. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool little note because, I mean, there have been plenty of characters from what I've heard that have died over the years. Characters, not actors, but characters that have died uh, and and are buried on Earth. So, yeah, I thought that, you know, was a good way to show, hey, somebody from the past. There you go. Yeah. So. Um I, I like that they did give an ending to the Brigadier because the actor, I mean, he did show up on the Sarah Jane Smith adventures once. So that was his last appearance in the mm. show, kind of on a spinoff. And then he died and we never got to have it. He gives him an ending in the show. There's now an ending for the Brigadier on screen, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, oh, one other point that classic Who fans will appreciate. Back in the 70s, the Brigadier as leader of unit, spent three seasons trying to hunt down and capture or kill the master. Oh, that's that's an even better epitaph then. So the fact that he gets to blow the master up at the end actually kind of... <laughs> that's kind of nice. That's actually really cool. Finally got All him! Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, final thoughts um, on the season. Really looking forward to season nine. Patrick, I don't think we ever got your uh, favorite episode. We definitely got oh. me and Brian's. Mine was Time Heist, and Brian's was, uh, I think you said it was, did you say yours was Flatline? Flatline would probably be my overall mm. favorite, though there were so many good ones to pick from. So. Yeah, I agree, but I still think my favorite was probably Time Heist. Uh, I don't think we got your favorite episode. Uh, well, you was know, I Kill don't the really Moon? do that very well. But um, either Time Heist or Mummy on the Orient Express. I actually kind of like both of those. Um, okay. So... We'll say Mummy on the Orient Express so I don't end up biting your favorite one. So, how about that? <laughs> I, I uh, Well, we could say that black people really like Time Heist. It, it, it we, we like thieving stories. Uh, we, and, did, we like stories about thieving. Uh, you know, like breaking and entering and, uh, yeah. you know, un, un, you know and, unlawful uh, trespassing. And uh, so that, that really appealed to us on a I on also a It level. also appealed to me because there was chips in their brain which uh, inhibited snitching. Um <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh shit! That's awesome! Wow! So. Oh wow! Mm. Oh. That 
Well, and on, on that, that note, I think I think we're gonna close out on that note. <laughs> I'm gonna let that be my last word. This is Michael. Uh, this is uh, Patrick. This is Brian with Pudding for Brains. Wow. Okay. No, we're not. We're not gonna end on that. We're gonna end on that. We're gonna end this on the pin thing. So if you if you like the show, sci-fi show dot net, right. Facebook uh, slash sci-fi show dot net, Twitter sci-fi at sci-fi show, and uh, Google Plus. I don't know what that one. Uh, but if you go to sci-fi show dot net, you can find it. Uh, and that's it. So uh, once it's, again, it's really easy to forget that when Steve is not here. It really yes. um, <laughs> it, it it is. So so again. Without that bullshit from Brian, this is Patrick. This is Michael. <laughs> this is Brian. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm not used to just hearing him say that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>